I'm a handshake and tape. I'm a spud with a plane. I'm a miracle that's greater day by day. I ain't your average quitter. I don't put up with golf. I'm doing the best I can. The drum tater. Welcome to Path Forward Utah with your host, Bob McEntee, for uh, Friday, May 21st. And, you know, let's, let's begin the day with a quote. And I realize, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, on, I'm above the average age in Utah, which is only like 30-something. You know, you, Utah is the youngest state in the union. A lot of people, a lot of babies, more than average. So I realize, you know, people don't know things that I take for granted, right, that they might know. I'm a history major. I like it, but we, we've got quite the civil rights past in this country. And right now there's a lot of focus on, on race and gender and those kind of things. We had a great thinker, you know, pushing for civil rights back in the 1960s. And that was, you've probably heard of him. We have a holiday for him, uh, but Dr. or Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., and he has some great quotes. I want to start off with some of his quotes today, just, just to reflect on those, then talk about them in, in light of our present day. So he had a famous, I, I have a dream speech, which he has great tone and tenor. If you look it up on YouTube, it's going to be there. And he, he delivers it really well. Okay, so I'm, I'm not going to try for his tone and tenor. But he said he had a dream that my four children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. He said that in 1963. That was a year before the landmark Civil Rights Act came out of uh, Congress. And, and shouldn't we want to be judged by our character? And shouldn't we judge others that way? You know, if you judge people by their skin color, that's that can be racist, right? That doesn't mean you maybe you like or prefer people of, of the same skin color as you. That's probably just human nature. I'm not not jumping on that. But, you know, we don't want to just judge people. And that's what Martin Luther King said. And he was basically, you know, saying that's the standard we should set. I think he was right. I think he's still right today. Um, that's how we want to judge each other. And so it's not, and we don't want to blame others, right? Here, here's another quote he had that I think really applies to like, the critical race theory we might see or some of the agitative remarks from Black Lives Matter. This is a good one, for, again, from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. So by extension, could we say that racism can't drive out racism? I would say yes, it's the same idea. So if you, you know, I, I know there's the old saying you can't fight fire with fire, but when it comes to people, you know, hate really doesn't work. In fact, I don't know if you heard that great story. I mean, probably not how I would have reacted, all the, but there was the, a shooting by like a little girl in Idaho. I want to say six years old. I mean, she was pretty young. She she grabbed a gun from home. She shot three people at her school. Luckily, no one died. Uh, but the way she was disarmed wasn't nobody tackled her, nobody shot her. A teacher came up and said to her in a, a mild tone, are you the shooter? Like she's just trying to start a conversation. And then she pulled the gun away from the little girl. And the little girl let her do that. I think, I think she realized this child is mixed up and 
has some bad feelings about something. And then after she took the gun away, I mean, because the child was actually shooting people. She was a danger. Police would have been justified in commanding her to drop the weapon and then shooting her or maybe unleashing a dog or something on her. But um, but she hugged the little girl because she realized this kid is somehow messed up emotionally. Something's going on. She didn't know what, but she goes, I know this child has a mother that probably doesn't realize this this, this kid has snapped, right? And and she kind of let the teacher have the gun, not too willingly, but, you know, obviously she, she could have just shot the teacher. So that's a very brave teacher. And and she did show love to this child that just shot people, which which is above and beyond, really, you know. But Dr. King understood that, that, you know, and, and that's why he always preached peace, too. Did he burn buildings down where there was racism? No, he never did that. Did he tell his people in secret to do it? No, he never did. He always said we have to be nonviolent, basically, so we'll be respected, so they'll listen to us as equals. We don't want to use terrorist tactics because because that's hate, right? And that just then they're going to unleash dogs and bullets on us. He, and he was completely right about that. So one side shouldn't do it, neither should the other. Um, so we, so we have to. So the whole idea that we can stop racism by calling each other racist or labeling one group racist, no. No, we can challenge people to think about, are they being racist? Okay, fair, fair point, right? We could do that. But, but you don't label people racist. You judge them by the content of their character. And one more quote. This is kind of along a different line, but, but Dr. King, he also understood human nature, and he was very human himself. So when he, he was trying to explain to people, why, why are there riots? You know, he wasn't promoting violence, but he understood where it came from. So he told people that a riot is the language of the unheard. That happens. You know, when people think they're not being listened to, they're, they're going to they're gonna find a different way to make their voice heard, right? It might be burning down buildings. It might be demonstrating. Um, people will, will make themselves heard one way or another. And if people don't think that their votes are counting or their votes are being canceled, look out. Because Dr. King is telling you, you know, people aren't going to sit tight forever if they think what's supposed to be our democratic process that, that we run our republic with is being messed with, right? It's, it's not going to end well. So those are some good quotes by Dr. King. I challenge you, go ahead, look them up on the internet, you know, check it out. They're well-established. His speech is, is out there, the one about I have a dream. You look it up by that, you're going to find it. it. It's kind of a famous speech, right? Because at the time... There wasn't legislation protecting uh, all races or, or national origins from discrimination, but shortly thereafter, there was. Um, now, what's gone on in Utah politics since then? Uh, well, there's been a lot, actually. The platform Republicans and the Path Forward, uh, excuse me, the Path, Path Forward Utah endorsed Carson Jorgensen for chair, and he was elected chair. And I think we talked about this before, but the whole governor and establishment slate was rejected by the delegates, which was really interesting. Uh, but they still have to work with these people, right? They still have to work with the establishment. And every chair gets pulled around. I'll talk about that later. The, the, the three forces that tug on every single uh, Republican chair in Utah. And they're, they're always the same forces, and they have to try to balance the interest of everybody. In the meantime, there's more elections going on. There, there's more elections happen than you think or know. Uh, some of these you won't hear about, but for example, uh, this month in Utah County, um, they're 
they're going to elect a new clerk. Why? Because the old clerk ran for an open seat on, on the county commission, and she won. So her clerk position has to be filled. And there's, I think, four people running, um, one of whom is her dep deputy clerk, Josh Daniels. Uh, Josh is experienced in the party. He's got that experience under Amelia. I think he's probably the best choice. Another is a former county commissioner, so he's got experience there. However, he was the guy that had to step down amid uh, sexual harassment allegations uh, by a lot of people. So he's trying to make a comeback, but that, that's a hard place to start from. Um, and, and a couple other people, you know, more minor. I, I don't really know the others. I know Josh Daniels. I know the history of the other guy. Uh, but just to point out, and who's going to decide this election? It doesn't go to the voters. Because when you have an open seat, if it's a partisan election, the party that, that held that seat gets to replace it by by some means they dictate or sometimes state law dictates. So who will do it is the County Central Committee of Utah County. Uh, shorthand for that is the CCC. Every, every county has um, a County Central Committee. It can be made up of different people. Usually it's the precinct chairs and vice chairs and then your executive committee. Uh, it might just be your precinct chairs and vices. It might be a, a little bit different group, but that's the typical. So that, that means in Utah County, a few hundred people are going to decide who's going to be our new clerk, who counts the votes. It's kind of a big deal. And also in bigger statewide news, the Utah treasurer, and I don't mean the Republican Party treasurer, I mean the, the state of Utah treasurer, you know, uh, David Damshon, he has stepped down to pursue, um, you know, something in the private sector. It's actually like quasi private public sector. And there's 10 people vying to fill that vacancy. And who is going to vote on that is, is the state central committee. It's kind of like the county central committees, but it's the state level. And there's only about 180 people. It varies a little bit depending on vacancies and all that, but it's around 180 people. And they're going to vote for their, their top three picks. And those top three picks will go to Governor Cox, and he will select who he wants to fill that position. It's a pretty big position. It's an executive level state position. So, and with only 180 people, these, these candidates can call these people. Like I'm one of them. I'm one of the 180 SEC members. Uh, they have been calling, they have been emailing. And we'll talk more about that after the break. The platform Republicans are gonna do a Zoom meeting for the SEC members to, to do Q&A with these guys. And we'll talk just a little bit more about that after the break. Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. You guys, your customer service and everything, you guys are great. And the commercials talk about it, but I don't know if it really gives it true justice. People need to know, this is maybe the most amazing product I've ever tried. It's so pure, it tastes so good, I'm just blown away by it. Balance of Nature is now offering 35% off on any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code... 
USA. At the American Veterinary Medical Association annual convention in Washington, D.C., I spoke with Dr. John Howe, AVMA president, about One Health. One Health is really a collaboration between physicians and veterinarians or public health officials. For example, in Minnesota, our state public health veterinarian deals with zoonotic diseases, rabies, for example. Animals are sentinels for humans, and humans are sentinels for some infections in animals. There's more valuable information at AVMA. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one. One easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Hi, this is Brian Hyde. Several months ago, I was introduced to a small Idaho technology company called Pure Light that's invented a new type of light bulb that's simply amazing. Their LED light bulbs make all other light bulbs obsolete. And I've actually had a chance to put them to work in my own home. Now, these are bulbs that eliminate odors, including pet odors and chemical smells. They eliminate mold. They eliminate deadly germs, even the tough-to-kill ones like MRSA or E. coli or salmonella. They eliminate smells. They eliminate deadly chemicals from the air, just like a $1,000 plus air purification machine would do, only for a whole lot less with these Pure Light LED bulbs. And you know what? They work as advertised, and they're already being used in thousands of homes, businesses, schools, assisted living facilities, medical facilities, government buildings, and more. Find out for yourself. Go to pure-light.com. That's pure-light.com, the next generation of light bulb. Welcome back to Path Forward Utah with your host, Bob McEntee. And we were talking about these little elections that you don't know go on, I won't say all the time, but a lot, right? Because maybe if you follow the papers really closely, you'll see it. But we've got kind of a biggie, right? The, the executive branch of Utah has a vacancy, and that's in the treasurer spot. And we've got 10 people vying for that vacancy. I found a nice article on uh, kjazz.com, kjzz.com, about about the 10, the 10 people, right? Because you're, yeah, you know, you're probably not going to know these people. And some have financial backgrounds, some not so much. Um, it's desirable to have a CPA, but it's not required. It's just an election, right? So people can always elect whoever. Um, and yet in this case, the SEC will elect, but the governor will choose. And so sometimes the SEC, they might like a certain candidate. But if this person has like butted heads with the governor, you know, it's kind of makes it kind of a long shot that they're going to get the appointment to fill the rest of the term, which is uh, just till 2022. So not that long. And they're going to have about a year and a half. Yet it's a great advantage. And more people than you know get into office by being appointed like this. I mean, Senate seats, House seats, lieutenant governor, all, all kinds of things are filled by appointment. 
then later the person runs for re-election and they have a, a great advantage because now their name is known. Uh, if there's no scandal, it's usually an advantage. Uh, one of the ladies, Tawny McKay, people know her last name just because her husband is Senator McKay, uh, you know, Utah State Senate. And that gives her a tiny, a tiny advantage a little bit, but she's, she's trying to run her own campaign with her master of business uh, background and the fact that she's um, actually counseled people uh, with financial counseling, which I kind of like that. Uh, I, I'm not just totally, I'm not endorsing anybody. I'm going to have to vote. But I, but I do like that she's counseled where the rubber meets the road. When people are up against that edge of we're having trouble affording things, you know, what should we do? And so they know that taxes can influence uh, people's lives, right? So I think it's very important. And I've talked to uh, a couple of these. Actually, both the ladies have called me. Uh, I think it's just the two ladies, Tawny McKay and Susan Spears. Um, and, and they both have kind of that background where they have worked with the public, either doing taxes or financial counseling. And I like that because I, I did, I, I've done volunteer taxes out at the Air Force Base for people, for veterans. I just do them for free, right? They give us their info. We file them for free. It's a good service for veterans and their families. Um, the IRS has a, a similar thing for low-income people. I haven't done that one. I did H&R Block for one year just to, to try doing it for, you know, profit. And, eh, it was okay. I just did it for a year. But, but I did have to tell people. Got like a guy, I remember, he was making like $31,000, and he didn't buy health care. And it was under Obamacare. And I had to tell the guy, hey, I'm sorry, but, you know, you're going to have to pay this $600-something fine. And I knew that, that that's 2% of this guy's income, you know, before taxes. That's you're going to feel that, right? And I, I felt bad telling them. I mean, I, I didn't pass the law. I didn't like the law. Um, I'm glad it got kind of nullified. But I had to look across the table and tell the guy, you know, so I think it's good for, for these candidates that have, that have dealt with the public, you know, in a capacity of being a financial advisor or helping them do their taxes and see that, wow, some of these state laws can really hurt people. Uh, that way, because... The treasurer doesn't enact those laws, but they will have soft power, meaning they will have some influence with legislators, and legislators will kind of respect if they do a good job. They'll respect if they say, look, don't don't double the food tax, you know, find another way to get the income you need, right? Let's don't do these things. Let's don't raise plug-in hybrid vehicle extra, I mean extra, registration fees by 500%. Yeah, that's just too much. So I talked to them about these things. You know, when the legislature wants to increase some tax by over 100%, just stop right there. You know, that's that's a bad idea. If it wasn't completely out of balance before, you know, triple digit increases are are not the way to go. You know, you're looking for more modest in line with inflation, perhaps, or preferably none, right? Because sometimes we do better than we thought. Utah you would have thought in 2020 we went backwards, but we had a big surplus. And now we're going to have an even bigger surplus because we got federal money getting shoved down on us. But anyway, so if you know some of these uh, candidates for treasurer, the 10, like, look, just just Google them. You know, you're going to find them on the Salt Lake Trib. Um, tell your SEC rep. Find out who that SEC rep is. Contact your, your GOP uh, county chair. Say, who? Who's my SEC rep? Right. And then if you know them, tell them a little bit, right? They, they'd probably like to hear uh, a not-too-biased review of this person or may, maybe good news, maybe bad news, right? Maybe there's some people we don't want to vote for. Um, and we know that stuff. We talk in chat groups, right? We've kind of heard who's naughty and nice, right? I'm not going to go public on the air with, with that kind of stuff. But 
But believe me, we talk. And people's input, truthful input, is very helpful. So uh, help us make good decisions. That's that's the good job of citizens to, uh, you know, inform your representatives and that your SEC members are your representatives at the state level. Um, all right, let's go federal for a minute, shall we? Been plenty of federal news. Uh, GOP House members did vote to remove Liz Cheney from leadership and, and install somebody from New York, another lady, right? So they did the woman for woman swap out. They kept that even. Um, there was also kind of a, a bigger, more down-home vote for January 6th. Congress, most led by Democrats, but with some, some, some Republican support, 35 members in the House, which is not a ton. They want to investigate the January 6th so-called insurrection, right? We're an unarmed insurrection. I think that defies, you know, the definition of what an insurrection is, because an insurrection, you expect people to die on one side or the other, probably both. But that didn't really happen. Any deaths were kind of incidental from what I've heard, except for the one lady that got shot, the one protester that got shot in the Capitol. She was unarmed, but but I won't fault police. Sometimes you don't know if somebody's unarmed. If they look threatening, uh, I wish they hadn't, right? Because turns out they didn't have to. They did shoot her. Um, they want to investigate this insurrection. Now, what's what's bad is they don't want to investigate like the riots and the burning of buildings and and you know federal police officers getting stuff thrown at them. They don't want to investigate that. But they want to investigate January sixth. Well, that seems a little narrow, in my opinion. And there were two Utah representatives that voted to go along with this Democrat plan. Uh, I think I think they voted on optimism, but I'm not so sure it was wise and and. and so it was, it was Congressman uh, Moore and Congressman Curtis. So the Utah Congressional District 1 and Congressional District 3 representatives. Um, the other two voted against, which was what the Republican leadership said is, please don't vote for this. It's just a witch hunt, which maybe it is a witch hunt. Um, but if it's an even-handed investigation, which is, I think, what Curtis and Moore were hoping, then... You know, it has a chance to maybe kind of clear the Republicans who've been smeared uh, by by just going to this peaceful, not even protest. Most of them weren't there to protest. They were there to support President Trump, right? And maybe to call for an investigation of, of the voting allegations in several states. But we'll just have to see how this works out. So I don't know if those two guys are overly optimistic or if they're suckers if they got played, or if they're really visionaries who who see that this is all going to work out great and we just need to trust them and stay tuned. So we'll stay tuned. Um, let's go back to the quotes today, Martin Luther King, right? So civil rights. America's famous for our civil rights now, right? You can, you're going to get the vote. You're going to get equal treatment under the law, equal employment opportunities. And in fact, that's what the Civil Rights Act, let's look at the language of that. So it ended public segregation in public places. Now, there's still some private places that can segregate, um, but it banned employment discrimination, right? So you can't say, we're not going to hire you as a whatever because you're this color. You, you can't do that. And it was based on uh, race, color, religion, sex, meaning gender, or national origin. And so that was landmark legislation. That was a big deal. It ended the segregation that had been allowed under the by the Supreme Court ruling, and and it, really it's famous. People point back to it, but but it seems to me we're starting to undo that now. And do people realize they could be violating 
the law, the Civil Rights Act of 1964, by at least the tone of it, by saying, oh, we should discriminate based on race. Well, I don't think so, right? I I'm looking at the tone. Maybe by the letter of the law, it's, it's about employment, okay? But it set a new tone in America. And we'll talk about this after the break and which presidents push for this. And even if we're not violating the law, although maybe sometimes we are, we're violating the spirit. Like I covered a couple of weeks ago, you know, th there was, and I don't think our federal government should do this, but they they paid colors of colored farmers more than whites, you know, for for basically they forgave their loans at 120 percent. So, I mean, that's that's amazing. I think forgiving your loan 100 percent would be enough, right? But no, here have some cash on top of what you borrowed. It's just it's just mind blowing. It's the kind of stuff that went on in South Africa before and after apartheid. Because, you know, I think I think apartheid at first was they were just trying to keep the peace. People people critiqued it heavily, but I think it was an effort to separate the races so there wouldn't be violence. And then when that was overthrown, well, they stopped that policy, and there was a lot of violence. And there and there still is actually, and a lot of it sets up this you know, jealousy and anger, it's ugh, its not the way to go. You know, you want the governments to be fair to everybody, right? And fair is fair, So, and people understand that. Uh, but where did this legislation come from? Because I think it was pretty good legislation back then. Well, it was started by John F. Kennedy, who I think actually had some pretty good visions for America. And then his successor, Linda B. Johnson, picked it up. There, there's a good article on it on history.com, you know, meaning the History Channel. If you kind of search for um, Civil Rights Act of 1964, you're going to find the, the history.com. It's a short article. This talks about why they did it and how it changed America. Um, now, the LBJ, the Democrat president who did it, he he is kind of a wild character, right? He was a beer drinking, whiskey. He had a favorite whiskey, and actually it became uh, Cuddy Stark, I think it was. It became famous because that happened back in the day of presidents, you know, what whatever he liked for his whiskey and beer was, was well-known. And he was a guy that, you know, lifted his shirt up as a president to show a scar right on his belly. <laughs> he was, he's kind of a redneck president, you know, and it's rumored that on air force one, he was talking to two Southern governors because Southern governors had been resisting the civil rights act. They, they had these laws where they, they didn't want blacks to vote too much. And so LBJ, but he realized this was a chance for the Democrat party to take over, I'll call it control of the black vote from the Republicans. Because since the Civil War, most blacks realized, wow, the Republicans were the ones that really went to bat for us. They were they were willing to hold out, you know, to end slavery in the South. And and so they, they tended to vote Republican. But it, it changed in 1964 when the Democrats kind of jumped on the civil rights bandwagon, which had been started by Republicans. But then Kennedy picked it up. 
and I think he meant well. But Johnson, here's what he's rumored to have said on Air Force One. I'm not going to quote it exactly because, you know, I don't want to get protested, right? But what, what LBJ, the president back then, was rumored to have said was, I'll have those N-words voting Democratic for 200 years. So I think LBJ's motive was very political. He realized that one out of eight voters in America is black. And he was like, hey, if we kind of buddy up to them by backing this legislation and getting everybody to vote for it, they're, they're going to remember it. And I, I think he was right. But I actually think that it was kind of manipulative, right? He, he wasn't really for this. He didn't especially like black folks, I don't think. But he did want to be their hero, right? So I think it was a good thing, but there were some mixed motives. I'll just put it that way. Um, there's co some controversy on did LBG say that or not. I think it's hard to prove or disprove, actually. But even Snopes, that tends to lean more liberal, and just know that when you're looking up stuff on Snopes, or I think that's how people say it, um, they lean a little on the, the left or liberal side, right? They're not conservative. Let's put it that way. But even they conceded that it does sound like something that LBJ might say, right? He was a little racist even for his day. Um, but flat, fast forward now from the 1960s to 2021, um, we've got Chicago mayor who, who defines herself by she's a black female lesbian mayor, right? And I didn't know that about her till, till I did a little research this week because she made herself famous around the country this week by, by, by citing systemic racism and saying that she would not take interviews with white reporters, just reporters of color. They're like, oh my gosh, you know, does she not remember or know the 1964 Civil Rights Act that, right, and she's not employing them, she may not be technically breaking the law, but she sure is violating the spirit of it, because the spirit of it was, hey, you know, we're all Americans, we all have the same rights, we need to treat each other that way, and she, she's definitely violating that spirit, and I would say driving us backward, and kind of starting the hate, you know, doesn't solve hate, you know, if she thinks there's racism, well, the way to solve it is not by racist policies, right? That's only going to make it worse. Um, and I don't know how will she keep getting support from her own people with that kind of attitude. I actually hope not, because I think we need someone that's more of a healer, right, in that direction. Um, but Breitbart, for example, covered that, the article about Mayor Lightfoot uh, excluding white journalists and citing systemic racism as the reason. Well, again, I don't think it's a good reason. And I, I think it's going to be a mistake. We don't want that. We want mayors that work for the good of their city with, with everybody, right? Whether they're black, white, Asian, Hispanic, doesn't matter. But they got to be people who will work with others, not not shut people out. I mean, just imagine, just imagine you call up your congressman, oh, sorry, we're not taking calls from, you know, whatever your race is this week, right? Uh, you know, you wouldn't want that. You want equal treatment under the law, which is what the, the is it the 14th Amendment one of those amendments, sorry, I don't have them all memorized, either the 10th or 14th, equal, equal opportunity under the law. Um, and the same with the Civil Rights Act. That's the whole intent. So let's not, let's not go the other way. Let's not go backward. Now, speaking of the South, here's, here's another interesting headline for the, this week. Because of the, you know, how many people are telecommuting now, you know, the rural America has realized that, hey, this, this could work out for us, right? Um, you can work from anywhere as long as you got, you know, your laptop or whatever. So Arkansas is offering people ten thousand dollars to move there. How about that? Although I, you always got to be watchful of 
free things or when people are paying you to do something because you got to go, is, is it worth it? Does, does anybody want to move to Arkansas? I mean, there's beautiful places in Arkansas, right? But I don't, I don't think the 10 grand is going to get me to go there because I think they figure they're going to get that back in taxes anyway. You know, you're going to end up paying sales tax and income tax and uh, property tax there. So they know that over time, they can do this $10,000 giveaway to drive up their population because they'll get it back from, from every which source, you know. Uh, but it is interesting. If you were open to moving there, you were thinking about it, okay, maybe that's a great incentive. There was also uh, counties and towns in Kansas that you know, had been losing population because Kansas was, you know, the kind of the wheat basket of America, but it's so industrialized now. They don't, you know, you don't need as many small farmers when you got Archer Daniels Midland is kind of corporate farming and stuff. So, you know, the rural communities have been losing people for a long time. And the, and the more rural states like uh, West Virginia's population went down. Wyoming's population went down a little bit. It's really cold there in Wyoming, but it's beautiful. Um, various states are losing people. In other states, California lost people. That's, that's, I think, because of their tax policy, right? And their, their lack of the will to enforce the law, right? They're getting criminal aliens, and they're arresting them, but then they're releasing them, and they're not releasing them to ICE, right? So you got rapists, maybe even murderers, that California's like, yeah, we don't care. Just release them. See what, see what happens. And and that is not responsible government, you know, so be careful where you move, you know, know the policies, know the taxes. I always like to look that stuff up. What's your property taxes going to be? Just not how much is the house, but how much are the property taxes? How much is insurance? It can really vary. Uh, even things like auto insurance, it can, it can double moving uh, from one state to another. So that's something to think about. But it is interesting. And then also beware, you know, what else they're paying people for, giving incentives are these vaccines, Right. Why do they want to pay you money to take a vaccine? I mean, if it's good, wouldn't you just line up for it, right? I, you know, and but they're not paying for vitamin D and vitamin C. You know, they, they're just paying for take the shot. So one has to wonder. Now, I've also heard rumors and, and from pretty good sources. Some of these new vaccines for COVID, if you stick a magnet at the injection site, it will stick to the injection site. So they're... I mean, that's creepy, right? I don't know what's going on. Is the injection drawing the iron in your blood there? Or does it have metallic stuff in there that's you know, magnetic or steel or something? Uh, I don't know, but I'd love to hear. If you know that it's real, you know, give me a, give me a hummer on Facebook, Bob McEntee, and tell me that, yeah, you tried, you got the shot, and you put a magnet up there. Or better yet, you know, okay, don't. But if somebody else does, you could report on it. I'd, I'd love to know, is this, is this a real rumor? But it is true, it's been reported on the news that, they're offering cash or lottery tickets for people to get vaccinated. And, and you know, this isn't the first month either. We've been doing this a while. So why, why the big push now to get everybody vaccinated? We'll talk more about this and other kind of things after the break, including the new uh, Republican Party chair and which direction does he get targeted? Your retirement accounts are at risk. That's right. Your entire retirement savings have never been more exposed. 
If you have retirement investments, there is an IRS loophole that can't save your nest egg. Don't let government bail-ins and fiscal irresponsibility wipe out your savings. Text loophole to 49776 to get Advantage Gold's explosive report that bankers and Wall Street do not want you to see. Your wealth is threatened by political infighting, massive debt, stock market volatility, and experts predict that the U.S. dollar could lose its status as the global reserve currency. Learn all about the IRS loophole that can protect you from massive losses. This IRS loophole could be your last chance to secure your assets. A small Idaho technology company called Pure Light has invented a new type of light bulb that is simply amazing. These bulbs perform like a $1,000 air purification system by cleaning and purifying the air in your home of odors, smoke, and much more, leaving the air fresh and clean smelling. And they're already in use in thousands of homes, businesses, schools, assisted living facilities. Learn more about the next generation of light bulb at pure-light.com. What is good, everyone? This is Brandon, Cody, and Dallas. We are the hosts of the Common Critic Podcast, your go-to movie podcast to find out whether or not a movie or TV show is worth watching. Listen to us live every Monday at 4 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on the Fed by Ravens Media Network app. Subscribe to the Common Critic YouTube channel for all podcasts and bonus content. And remember, we're the movie critics for the common people. The American dream is still very much alive, even though it's not in the spotlight. Spencer Worthington is proof of this. Spencer's the founder of HSL Ammo. It's a small business that he started from the ground up. HSL Ammo makes high-quality, affordable ammunition, but it also provides something else to Spencer's community. Opportunity. Here's what he has to say about his employees. We have really collected a team of people that have the highest integrity that you can possibly imagine, that have the utmost passion for the Second Amendment, that have a work ethic like you can't possibly imagine. Spencer upholds the right to keep and bear arms not only by making ammunition, but also by being a mentor to those who are new to the shooting sports. Anybody that's a new gun owner, take the opportunity, say, hey, can you take me to the gun range? Let's go out and shoot. Using your freedom to create value for others is a huge part of the American dream. HSLAmmo.com. Welcome back to Path Forward Utah. And when we, you know, when we left off, we were talking a little bit about beware free stuff, right? You always got to wonder why, why are people wanting to pay me or incentivize me to do this? You know, sometimes it's innocent. Okay, you know, the Democrats in Congress want more electric cars, so, so they give you a tax credit to put in solar panels or buy an electric vehicle or buy a used electric vehicle. All right, they're they're trying to push policy by incentivizing you. It's pretty honest. Um, maybe they're putting their hand on the scale a bit, but you know, it, it goes on a lot. But but why why do you, you know, does anyone need to pay you to go buy a milkshake? No. So why do they have to offer you incentives to get you know, a vaccine that you should just want to get if it's so great. Well, I know there's the hesitant, but I think I, I don't think this should comfort the hesitant that they're trying to bribe you into taking it. Um, I think a lot of the hesitant want to see how this works out. You know, this is kind of an experimental thing. Hasn't been done before with this kind of virus, coronaviruses. They've been working on it for decades. So I think I think the caution flag is on the field. I think you should wait, see how it goes. Um, but in the meantime, I, I want to get back 
to a little bit of discussion on any party chair, right? If you're a Democrat, Republican, Libertarian party chair in the state, you're going to get pulled different directions by usually there's three groups that do do the most influence. The first one is large donors, right? Because all politics takes some money. And maybe the large donors wouldn't matter as much if the if the little donors would step up. Okay. Now in Utah, it's tougher. A lot of people give a lot of money to charity and churches. They may only have so much left over. And yet, and yet five or 10 bucks, you know, on a regular basis a month is not a lot. You think of what you spend that on, but it, but it can really help um, people run for office or help a party. Uh, I'm not calling for donations. I'm just talking about it. I'm just saying you should consider it, right? Because whoever are the donors are going to get noticed, right? So if they see that, oh, the grassroots is really donating, you know, they like this new chair, then they won't have to cater to the large donors as much. But if the little donors don't step it up, then guess what? The large donors are going to have more say. But that's just one leg of the stool, right? So another leg is the establishment. Who's that? Well, whoever's in power, you know, the governor, lieutenant governor, uh, the House and Senate members, especially the key ones, you know, the Speaker of the House, the Senate of the President, or the President of the Senate, because they're the ones that can, you know, put the green light or red light on legislation, right? They have a lot of power. They can deliver something to the governor's desk for him to sign or or kind of to taunt him, like, we dare you not to sign this or to sign this, right? Um, so, but And a chair has to work with them. Uh, it's not always bad to work with them, by the way. There's times when the establishment uh, backs some good things, uh, like recently, and, and it reminds me that sometimes with Republicans, we all agree at some level. So the Senate president came out against schools in Utah teaching critical race theory, which which labels white students as inherently racist. You know, we we spend so much time and energy trying to give everybody a positive self-image. Then we say, oh, by the way, white people, you're racist. There's nothing you can do about it. That's just the way it is. And no, nobody else agrees. It's just you. Well, I don't think that's the truth. I don't think it should be taught in schools either. And so after the Senate president and probably the speaker, but I don't remember for sure. Once he came out, Stuart Adams, and said, you know, we don't want this taught, then the, the chair of the Republican Party backed him up. So right away, you see some unity after there's division and the establishment didn't get their guy in, you know, Stuart Pay. Well, this, this chair is working with them anyway in some regard, you know, so that's good. But the establishment's the second leg of the, of the three-legged stool that uh, chairs have to try to balance. The third leg are the grassroots. And the grassroots, you know, mostly with their voice and their, their influence that they vote, um, are, and they're the ones who elect a lot of the SEC. It varies year by year. Who gets who gets on the SEC? Well, a lot of times it's establishment people because grassroots don't know to they don't know to run for it. They don't necessarily know to run for county and state delegates, though they should. Uh, and they don't necessarily know to run for SEC. They just hope there's someone good that they can back in their county. Uh, but it's important because the SEC sets the tone for the party. It can give resolutions to the Utah House. Uh, and Senate and the governor uh, that they might listen to if they're wise, because usually it's a better representation of what the party wants, right? Because politicians kind of have to cater to everybody. If you're a state senator, even if you're a Republican, you owe a little bit of consideration to everybody in your district, right? They Nobody should straight up run you, but but you should listen to everybody. And yet in the Republican Party, we don't have to listen to everybody. We have to say, no, we think this is the best way. And we tell our legislators that too. Like, for example, I think the legislators would have been really wise to listen when they're at Republican Party, meaning the SEC, 
passed a resolution that said do not increase the food tax or 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 make any new taxes. And yet the legislators said, no, we know better. We're going to do it our way, which was to more than double the food tax and to put a bunch of new taxes out there, tax services, which had never been taxed before. And it caused an uproar, right? They could have listened to the members of their party. They could listen to the SEC that said, don't do this, find another way, but they didn't. Maybe they'll listen better next time. Who knows? I, I can always hope. Um, but that's, that's the third leg. So you've got the big donors, the establishment, and the grassroots that are all tugging for a chair's attention and for the legislature's attention and some things they find unity on, and that's great. But where there's division, you need to think carefully. And I think to move slowly or modestly, you know, if they're thinking about a tax and the, like I said, triple digits, they're just wrong. You know, don't do that. Um, now, here's something interesting. It's been proposed that since the SEC has to work with the party chair, Maybe the SEC should be the one to elect them, kind of like the House elects its own speaker, you know, both at the state and the national level. Should the SEC elect their speaker and the chair of the SEC, the, the party chair? Well, I'll tell you what, it seems like over time, even though the delegates don't always know these people as well, the delegates tend to have a more conservative instinct. I don't think that this last SEC would have elected uh, Carson Jorgensen. I think they probably would have gone for Stuart Pay right? The establishment picks. So uh, well, I'm just talking about that because every so often that comes up because the SEC has to deal with the chair the most. Uh, however, it doesn't mean they would choose the same as the delegates. And so I think the delegates are a little bit more widespread, reflective of Utah. So that's probably good. I always like to cover a little bit of financial stuff on the show. So let me mention something, a warning. Uh, besides the fact that cryptocurrencies can be super volatile, right? They might be a hedge against inflation, but I would I would definitely moderate that hedge because what you see is governments like China. They just announced they're banning cryptocurrency or, or at least mining of it. So that's going to drive the price of it down because that means it won't be accepted everywhere in China. You can't you can't mine it. Um, governments do that from time to time. The United States has banned private ownership of gold. FDR did that during the Depression, right? It, it seems kind of fascist. It seems like a bad idea. Uh, but these things can happen. Governments like to control the money. And so look for that. So I wouldn't put all your eggs in the cryptocurrency basket. I know a lot of people get excited about it. I would be careful. And I would consider long-term, you know, what Solomon said was it's wise to divide your money seven ways, right? So you get a little bit of cash, maybe you get some 401k. I wouldn't, I wouldn't double down on the old 401k either because under an inflation scenario, the value of that's going to go down, right? Because when there's inflation, which is like a hidden tax, it makes the value of all your savings go down. And what goes up? Well, all the commodities, right? The price of oil, the price of gold, the price of houses because they're like lumber. Like lumber's gone up several hundred percent in the last few years. So, you know, I would be careful with that. Now, something for fun. If, if you want, want a little fun injection, um, if, you, if, you, if you have a Twitter account, BabylonB.com. That's Babylon, like, you know, the old place in Iraq, and then B, B-E-E. So Babylon B, and their symbol is like a little B. BabylonB.com is their website. And on Twitter, just search for Babylon B. They put up funny memes every day. They kind of tend to be more conservative or a Christian outlook. Actually, they're not offensive. You know, they're not they're not mean. They're just funny. And they they lampoon various characters all the time. So I, I just recommend them. And they have some more serious stuff, but just 
they said like Lego unveils genderless bricks with no female male connectors. That's one today. I mean, it doesn't work though, does it? You know, they're kind of pointing out that some of these things are stupid. You know, we need genders. We, you know, men can't have, well, I shouldn't say men can't have babies. Somebody got in trouble for that, but, but you decide, you decide if men can have babies or not. Right. It, the man is dependent on the woman and the woman's dependent on the man. That, that's how human history has been. I think that's how the creator designed it. We, we just got to deal with each other, right? And none of us are genderless. And so genderless blocks, you can't connect them. They're not, they're not that useful. Um, but, but they make their points with satire and humor. I, I think you might enjoy that. And we need a break from it, right? Because it gets pretty serious when you're seeing, you know, protests on TV or, you know, Congress is investigating the other side of Congress. And, so, so I think a little humor is warranted, uh, but stay tuned. We'll see the platform Republicans. I always like to plug them on uh, the 9th of June. We're planning to have a Q&A with those 10 treasurer candidates. And while you won't get to vote on that, you can give your representative some input. Uh, hopefully, if you know something or you listen to their Q&A and you highlight something, you know, that that's great. Get in contact with your representatives and also your state representatives. They, they don't hear from everybody all the time. So believe it or not, if you're one of the voices, um, just be reasonable when you write them and email them. Their emails are on um, the legislative website. We'll talk more about good citizenship next week. Thanks for listening to Path Forward Utah.